Herbert West brought a lot of dead people back to life. And not one of them showed any appreciation. H.P. Lovecraft's classic tale of horror, Reanimator. Mr. West. You'll never get credit for my discovery. Who's going to believe a talking head get a job in a sideshow? It will scare you to pieces. VHS Cold. in Brooklyn with a lot of cocaine. Uh, you got any um, articles you want to read and then we can comment on them about how we're socialists and so far that we care about um, Medicare. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm only a social concern is Medicare for all. Yeah. Uh, fuck women, fuck people of color. Is that what you're getting at? Yep. Oh, especially <laughs> trans rights? No thanks. I, I, Kyle, I don't know what you're talking about. Trans women aren't real women. I'm pretty oh. sure Ben Shapiro told me that. It's just jokes, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, those are just, they're real funny. Yeah, it's, uh, if I say the N-word on my far left podcast, it'll make me real popular with chuds on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> What audience are you trying to cultivate? <laughs> is that I don't again? I don't listen to any of these weird leftist uh, podcasts. I don't either. I just see the discourse sometimes, oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" I tried to listen to a few of them, but it is just like you're like the petite bourgeoisie hanging out in hipster Brooklyn doing cocaine and living off of your parents' money and shit. Like, why? How are you like class conscious? <laughs> I like, mean, why I, would I listen to you? <laughs> I guess it's kind of okay that you vaguely espouse some trader. sort of socialist agenda, but it's not really, uh, not really a socialist agenda I'm into. So you know, fuck yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a grift. I think they're grifters. I think I like, said this in the last episode when we cut it, but they're they're tricking some folks. Yeah, they're just grifters too. You can't trust them. As I mean, you can't trust like the middle class upwards anyway. <laughs> But you can trust us, the VHS cult, because we're poor. For now, until you start giving us your money. <laughs> until we start getting those VHS dollars, VHS cult dollars. Get that cult money. That cult cash. Uh, Do you want to talk about any news when we get into uh, the actual reanimation? Uh, big news, big news. Um, Downton Abbey. Yeah, people like it. They um, wish that they owned slaves. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to bring it up because of, uh, it is a... Um, Mark against you know the that the Marvel movies are taking over the box office, but really it just plays into um, what we've already talked about in movies a little bit, and that the only properties that do well are established properties, and it's uh, and it's the reason this movie does well is just because it's a popular TV show and lots of people have invested in the characters. It's basically Avengers Endgame, but for old people. Yeah, it's a cultural phenomenon that you get to participate in. But it, this goes back to it's be, and the reason this is the way movies are is because movies are so expensive right now, and oh, it yeah. costs so much to go to mm-hmm. the movies. That's uh, why so I, I wanted to bring it up because uh, uh, John Gleese on Twitter has joked about writing a uh, a movie called Python Abbey, and uh, it would feature or the storyline would be Adolf Hitler is coming to visit and sending everybody into a tizzy. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's some good Python stuff. <laughs> Too bad they're all so old. They're all hanging in there, though. Yeah. Well, not all of them. Well, well Terry Jones is sick, right? Yeah. Um, Michael Palin's all right. Terry Gilliam's doing okay, still directing movies. John Cleese just looks very old. And probably, he's so tall, his heart's probably got problems. <laughs> he's got back issues. He's got uh, problems that only can be solved by reanimation. <laughs> We're talking about Reanimator 1985. Herbert West's Reanimator, based on the H.P. Lovecraft short story. It's only kind a of... A series of short stories, apparently. Nah, I've read them before. It's like six Yeah. Uh, apparently stories. he just did it for money. That's what he says. Yeah, it was actually... Um, it's not... It's kind of similar to this. Like, they kind of take the first... Actually, I think it's the second story. That's the, the Dean is reanimated in the second story. But uh, it has one of Lovecraft's most racist lines in it. Um, the movie doesn't address that for some reason, but uh, I have it here for your enjoyment. Are you ready? Yep. So the um, the idea here, it kind of again, it kind of follows the same idea, but the story is Herbert West has figured out some solution to reanimate the dead. And He's got a reagent to reanimate. Yeah. Um, and so at this point in the story, him and uh, I don't, can't remember if it's Kane in the story or not. I should have looked this part up. But his uh, his number two, the person that's actually telling the story to us. 
Oh, I, yeah. The um, aside from Herbert West, pretty much everyone's name has changed to be more normal. The Dean too. The Dean Harlow is in the story too. Yeah. Um, because I was looking at the names of different characters that appear in the um H.P. Lovecraft short stories, and they're all like stuffy English names. There's like a dude like. So Dr. Kane, it's some military authority, and he's got, like, six fucking names. <laughs> but, uh, so anyways, it's, it's Wes and his, in the, the number two, the assistant in the story, and they're, you know, they're snatching bodies or having people, um, pay them, or, or paying people to snatch bodies for them, and mm. someone brings them a body of a, a boxer that died in the ring, and, uh, this is how, uh, Herbert West, H.P. Lovecraft, describes it, uh... Actually, I guess it wasn't it wasn't West telling the story. It's the second. It's whoever the Kane character is describing it. Uh, he was a loathsome, gorilla-like thing with abnormally long arms, which I cannot help calling forelegs, and a face that conjured up the thoughts of unspeakable Congo secrets and tom-tom poundings under an eerie moon. The body must have looked even worse in life, but the world holds many ugly things. Oh, so it's the black man. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. H.P. Lovecraft was a racist. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't have all that in the movie. <laughs> um, the story itself, though, I think is way scarier than the actual movie. Uh, the movie's a uh, farce. It's, yeah. um, they're having a fun time. It's like a cartoon. Yeah, no, the movie's fun. It's just not... I don't know. I um, don't know why. It's just only vaguely related to the story, it seems like. Yeah, so Stuart Gordon is the director and writer. Um, he comes from a theater background. So this was originally uh, written to be performed. Then they were like, well, maybe it can be a TV show. And eventually they made the movie. Oh, uh, I would like this as a play. You're in luck because they did turn it into a musical in 2011. Oh, I think I heard about it. Yeah. Didn't they do a, a sequel good. after that too? No, I think they just did that. No. And uh, it didn't ever like catch on. Yeah, not like a Spider-Man musical. No, it didn't. <laughs> it didn't like tour around or anything. It doesn't seem like. I think they performed once at like San Diego Comic Con, and that was like the biggest show. But supposedly it was really good, which makes sense because the movie's already designed to be like a play, anyways, or musical or theatrical. I mean, there's only like three sets in the whole movie and very strict three act structure and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, this whole point is he Stuart Gordon. Is a fan of H.P. Lovecraft. He's got some Gross. other movies that are Lovecraftian, but he also just likes theater and doesn't take H.P. Lovecraft very seriously. So he just made them all kind of farcical, <laughs> which is fun because H.P. Uh, Lovecraft is gross, is racist, and we talked about it before, like how all his stories are like. Oh man, it's uh, I can't even explain to you how horrific this this monster is. Or this, well, it's just oh man, it's just too much. You don't even believe it. It's just, wow, you can't even fathom it. I don't. Everything's uh, so spooky. Oh, it's too spooky. <laughs> Everything's cyclopean, and and there's bas reliefs and ancient unknowable horrors and tentacles. Yeah, uh, Stuart Gordon. He is directing. He's got. There's like basically a sister film to this called um, From Beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got. Uh, Herbert West in it, and Barbara Crampton, our heroine in this one. It's directed by Stuart Gordon, the same producer. Uh, another like Lovecraftian adaptation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll probably watch that next year around Halloween. I was thinking of doing a double feature with it, but I don't, I don't want to waste it just yet. Because <laughs> it's pretty good, too. Uh, aside from that, Stuart Gordon, another he did uh, Diagon, which is another Lovecraft horror god dick or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Never watched it because it came out in 2001 to Little Fanfare. So, you know what he did direct? Space Truckers. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dumb brothers. I don't think he wrote that one, but he did direct it. <laughs> I thought Space How Truckers. How did he get Dennis Hopper cool. in that shit? Because Dennis Hopper rules, man. He's like, I'll be a space trucker. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Dennis Hopper is like, I'm pretty sure I'm already a space trucker. You know, give him a few, like, fucking bits of uh, psilocybin or mescaline. <laughs> yeah, man, I've been a space trucker before. Uh, he also wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So that's pretty cool. Hmm. That's, but not Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. I mean, he gets credited because he characters created yeah. So, I mean, he's making money off that whole franchise, baby. Even that TV show? They made a TV mm, show. Yeah, show. he actually directed a couple episodes. Oh, man, show. he's so. getting his fingers in everything. Yep, he's got his fingers deep in that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids pie. 
Getting all that quiche. Uh, he also usually has his wife in his movies. Her name is uh, Carolyn Purdy Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually he kills her because it's like an ongoing gag that he kills his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. She's in Reanimator, but she doesn't die in this one. Darn. Yeah. Who's she in Reanimator? She's just like one of the nurses. Oh. Yeah. So that takes care of Stuart Gordon. He might come back up in the discussion, but we're going to move on now to the amazing cast. Yes. So Jeffrey Combs, he plays Herbert West. He is the best in the movie. Yeah. He's, oh no! Actually, I like Doctor Hill. Hill, yeah. Uh, he just reminds me. Same thing. Like he reminds me of Oliver Cromwell, or just like tall, Anglo face, <laughs> like racist, kill land or kill Irish people, like landlord <laughs> kind of guy. Anytime there's a tall like Englishman kind of guy, <laughs> like, ah, it's like, a landlord. I don't really like him. There's Cromwell right there, but he does do a good job. You're right. But Herbert West, I think, is the best. Um, he's so good at this that he basically, Jeffrey Combs, he he's like, you're going to keep doing this. Yeah, he basically plays Herbert West for the rest of his career, uh, literally, in that he's in the two reanimator sequels. Yeah. And then also, yeah. he'll be in other, he's in a lot of Lovecraftian movies where he's pay, playing basically Herbert West. Even like in the Hack Slash comic book, when Herbert West shows up, he's, it, drawn, it's like just, he's drawn like Jeffrey Combs and yeah. So, I mean, he, that's it. He's just Herbert West now. But he's a really good actor. It kind of sucks that this was, like, his big role. And then everyone forever is just like, yeah, Herbert West. Because yeah. <laughs> he's really good. He's also it's like in, the um, Doc Brown effect. So, the new Creepshow TV show. First episode. The new Creepshow TV show? Yeah, it came out yesterday. I haven't watched it yet. But um, Jeffrey Combs is in one of the episodes. Is, did Stephen King write it? If Stephen King didn't write it, I don't give a shit. He wrote um, one of the episodes, I believe, yeah. All right, good. I'm in. Obviously, George Romero not directing. <laughs> It'd be a little, ah. <laughs> I'm still watching if he directs it. <laughs> I mean, he's dead. I know. Oh, if he, maybe he's, he's a fucking. It's George Romero. You tell me. <laughs> maybe he'd be reanimated. The only person that can direct a better zombie movie than George Romero is zombie George Romero. That he would understand the other side at that point. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna remake Return of the Living Dead. I get it now. <laughs> Supposedly, according to like horror Twitter, it's pretty good. I mean, it's a creep show. It's like hard to get wrong, you know. It's an anthology series. What are you gonna do? Yeah, you just have some. I'm sure there'll be like some stories that are kind of like, eh. Uh, of course, Barbara Crampton is in this movie. She's a horror movie icon. No. We, we saw her in Chopping Mall. Well, that's all we've watched so far that she's in. But there will be more. Um, she's also in Brian De Palma's Body Double. Which we'll probably watch eventually. I really like that. Probably my favorite Brian De Palma movie. <laughs> which is odd because it's like not his best one. But yeah. I just really like it for some reason. Because it's like weird psychosexual stuff. Which I'm always into movies like that. Don't report me to the police. It's <laughs> <laughs> not how I feel about real life. I just think it's interesting. Too late. Oh no. You're on the list. Yeah, so she is the Dean's daughter. And Kane's girlfriend. Yeah, I'm familiar. I watched the movie. Mm-hmm. And she gets naked a lot. Yeah, a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, not that bad, really. I mean, there's way more nudity in some of the party massacre, but... Yeah, that's true. She's uh, basically still... I mean, she's known for being in horror films and stuff. She... A lot of her career, actually, though, was... She's been in tons of soap operas and, like, actual, like, TV dramas and major release dramas and stuff. But now it's, like, circled back that she's really leaned into being, like, a horror icon. So now she's doing a lot more horror stuff again. It's kind of, like, all she talks about on Twitter and stuff. You gotta pay the bills. I don't know, man. She's cool. She still looks great. Um, She's funny. I cast her in something. I was thinking she could be in our um, Alien <laughs> She could be the wife. Yeah, be the it's, wife. I think it's the only lady role in the movie, so it has to be wife. I mean, she's oh, yeah, there's also um, one of the MUFON people. Yeah, but she, I think she worked better as the wife because then she gets to be badass. And uh, Bruce Abbott, Dan Kane, uh, he's in the sequel, Bride of Reanimator, but that is the only thing of note. He's also does not stand out in this movie at he's all. He's just there. It could be anybody else. <laughs> so, um, Beyond Reanimator is the third film, which has Jeffrey Combs, but no Dan Kane. So Jeffrey Combs is the only one that did all three. They were going to have like a uh, cameo with Bride Crampton in one of them, but it never panned out. Also, we might watch Bride of Reanimator, but I don't like Beyond Reanimator at all. Fuck that shit. Uh, the producer for this film, Brian... Glazer. Yuzna? No. 
He's the one who wrote and directed the sequels. Um, with Stuart Gordon's blessing, they're actually really good friends. Brian looks. This guy's produced like basically every movie that Stuart Gordon made, so that's pretty cool. And uh, if you watch the movie with the like cast and crew commentary, it's uh-huh. him and like the three leads. It's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> like, it's like, a really good like commentary. And then of course we have David Gale. He is Doctor Hill, the fucking Cromwell, <laughs> Cromwell rapist. Uh, yeah, killing. you said Cromwell. I don't think you have to add rapist. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> some Englishmen do that, you know. <laughs> you know what those Englishmen do. Uh, first cut is two and a half hours long. Release version only eighty-seven minutes. Yeah, you can tell us some a bunch of cuts in this, especially in the uh, uh, the first act. Uh yeah, well there's a subplot in it originally that Doctor Hill was gonna be psychic or he had mind control powers and yeah, you still see there's a little bit of that there's leftovers in it quite a bit of that, but it was gonna be explored further. And uh yeah, there you go. What are, what are your notes? My notes, uh blood, guts, black stuff, fun all around. Kane fucks like he does chest compressions. Spastic. Uh this movie is over as, for me, this movie is over as soon as Herbert kills my cat. Like, if I was in Kane's position, I'd fucking beat the shit out of Herbert right there and kick him out of my house. I don't think he killed the cat, though. He did kill the... I 100% believe Herbert killed the cat. I don't, because I don't think he's actually, like, evil. He kills Dr. Hill. Yeah, because he had to. <laughs> no, actually... He does kill Dr. Yeah. Hill. Yeah, well, he turns into the tentacle monster that opens up and pulls him into the beyond, <laughs> yeah. possibly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, Herbert's I'm, a bad guy. No, he's just really dedicated and fucking weird. No. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's my, um, uh, me reading the short story creeping into my understanding of Herbert West, but he, he's like a piece of shit to me. And I 100% believe he killed the cat. I don't, I've never seen a cat jump into a garbage can and, and get his head stuck in a jar. Cats don't get their heads stuck in jars. I mean, the, yeah, his story, I think, is supposed to be, like, suspects, but I don't know. I've always been like, no, nah, he actually killed the nah, cat. No, he killed that cat. I don't know, he if just, I was can, I'd beat the shit him right there. Yeah. He's out of my house. I mean, it might be different in racist H.P. Lovecraft's short stories, but in the movie, I'll, he doesn't come across as being like violent or like a psychopath. He just well, yeah, but like really dedicated, like tough. You don't have to be a violent or a psychopath to to kill a cat. Like he can just be a scientist that doesn't see cats as worth it. Cat people, scientists kill cats all the time. Those yeah, that's true. Psychopaths. Yeah, and I guess it plays into the original story where. He's just, uh, he's already like a ghoul anyways, right? Yeah. That's the kind of thing, he's just kind of a ghouly guy. Yeah. He's not, not a groovy ghoulie, but a goofy ghoulie. He's, I mean, he's in a groovy movie about groovy ghoulies, <laughs> but yeah, he's not really groovy. He's kind of like uptight. Towards the end of the movie, like, why the fuck is there blood in Dr. Hill's fridge in his office? Hmm. Yeah. Good point. He's not like a pathologist or anything. He's a brain surgeon, right? Right. Why I also don't understand why he has a padded room attached to his office either. Well, he studies the brain. Maybe sometimes he's got crazy people in there <laughs> for lobotomies. He does lobotomies. You're right, with that weird laser thing. Yeah, but why does he have the blood? Hmm. Maybe he just drinks it. He's a vampire. He does seem like... He's he's a vampire. Terrible undead man. <laughs> he was real comfortable being undead, too, so... He's like, oh, I've been dead this entire time. <laughs> Um, I, I just to go back to my one of my one points, like Kane does some of the whoever the actor I guess does some of the worst acting of chest compressions I've ever seen. Apparently, he the in that first scene with the um, woman on the table, uh-huh. apparently like, he hurt that woman, like broke her ribs or something. He wasn't even really doing it. I don't know how he did. He was just moving his head forward. I guess they did it for a long time. <laughs> oh, that's what he said in the commentary track. I don't have any evidence for that to be true. I don't know. I don't know if there's a lawsuit or anything. <laughs> Oh, they, I don't know if they, if they could have afforded a lawsuit. Yeah, probably not, not. Not in this production. <laughs> they hired about four actors, and then everyone else in the movie is like friends or crew members. Uh, you noticed in the beginning of the movie, he kills Hans Gruber? Hans Gruber? Yeah. yeah do you think Die Hard, um, Die Hard in. Man was like, I'm a big fan of Reanimator, so that's the villain. I don't know. Maybe. Does anybody ever comment? Did Die Hard Man ever comment? I don't think so. I don't know if anyone's ever asked him. Like, hey, man, you like Reanimator? <laughs> like the Hans Gruber? Uh, Lovecraft never really liked his reanimator stories and wrote them only because he got $5 per installment. And he's a racist. $5 per installment. I guess $5 was probably a lot back in the Lovecraft times. 1920? Was that when he was writing? Yeah, I think 20. Like I, think, I think it's, Well, I think, the, I think a reanimator came out like 2021, but I could be mm-hmm. wrong. 
Was that enough? Enough to, to provide for this racist man? <laughs> well, I mean, thirty dollars, right? I, well, I guess he he kind of died destitute, anyways, right? Yeah. All those pulp writers did. Oh, yeah. What about the guy that did Conan? Did he? How Robert E. Howard? Yeah, he yeah. died destitute too. Fuck Edgar Allan Poe too. Yeah, he's not a pulp writer though. Yeah, but he died in the streets. In mysterious circumstances. Mysterious, you like being drunk or something. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of theories about what it could be, but, you know, probably Kyle's just... theory is that he's drunk. Yeah, man, he's just partying too hard. I know what it's like when you're that goth. Sometimes <laughs> you got a lot of, a lot of steam. Take it too far. <laughs> you get pancreatitis. I got a quote here from the producer, Brian Usna. He described the film as having the sort of shock sensibility of an evil dead with the production values of, hopefully, The Howling. You think that that lines up? No. It's maybe like the shock value of the Evil Dead with like the production value of Evil Dead Two. Nah, even the Evil Dead Two is lower budget than this movie. I haven't seen the Howling in a long time. I remember the werewolf effects being kind of cheesy. I remember being good, but really? sometimes I get the Howling and Silver Bullet confused. So maybe that's... yeah, we uh, the Howling was on my Halloween list, and we were gonna watch it at one point, but it got replaced by something else. <gasps> the Silver Bullet. So we'll have to we'll explore that another time. <laughs> Compare and contrast. Except I'll probably just watch The Howling anyways. I've been watching like horror movies every night since since whenever Friday the 13th and the full moon was. I was like, alright, it's spooky time. Yeah, also, I just watch, watch horror movies all the time anyways. <laughs> That's kind of what I do in my free time. Oh, update to date watch. <laughs> uh, hey, if you like hanging out and watching horror movies and you want to... Uh, be used as an apparatus for like bicep curls. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> Update over. <laughs> uh, uh, originally, it was going to be shot in black and white on 16 millimeter film. That's a mistake in 1982. The, well, he kind of wanted to make a Frankenstein movie. So I guess that would have been closer to some of the old Frankensteins. Old Frankensteins? Frankensteins. That was actually what prompted him Gene to read. Uh, Herbert West reanimator, because he was talking to someone about how apocryphal vampire movies are. Like, I see this vampire shit everywhere. How come people don't just make weird Frankenstein movies? And he's like, "What about reanimator?" And yeah, one his friend was like, "What about H.P. Lovecraft's Herbert West reanimator?" <laughs> like, and oh he, well, I'm gonna use maybe one tenth of this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of it, but uh, I don't know if I can pull the trigger on the whole thing. <laughs> Do you want the main? Have you read all of um? The Lovecraft Reanimator? Yeah, I've read all of Reanimator. The Herbert West Reanimator. Yeah, I have a hard time reading Lovecraft because I really don't like his prose style, but is it worth reading? Or if I'm a fan of this movie because it's so schlocky and fun, I'm probably not going to want to read Lovecraft's. Yeah, I don't know what I call Lovecraft's writing schlocky and fun. No, it's pulp and real grim and... But it's not... And it's kind of schlocky, but it's not so fun. It's it really self-serious. Uh-huh, that's it, what it is. The problem I have with Lovecraft is, like, oh man, it was oh, everything's real wet and stormy. Man. Nah, slapping around. Oh, yeah, man, oh, I actually don't like uh, his. Um, I, I I actually like the Reanimator better than most of his. You know, weird cyclopean and Cthulhu weird shit. The old gods, yeah. They're not the old there gods. There seems to be a lot of slithering and slapping. There's no evidence for them being the old gods, goddammit. I do like how they've There's been... There's no evidence that there is old gods. Yeah. <laughs> I like that how well they've been used by other people. Like in like the Hellboy. Oh, universe. yeah, a little bit. Like, yeah. I like how the people reappropriated concepts from Lovecraft, but... I'm doing it for Dungeons & Dragons if you ever play again. I'm going to work it into our next screenplay. No, probably not. The next one after that. <laughs> eventually, one. Yeah, eventually, we'll really take the piss out of Lovecraft. We should just do a comedy love. <laughs> love in the time of Lovecraft. And it'll be him trying to get a date. Oh my god. I'm in love with this concept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like Shakespeare in love, but I'm starring like, an unrepentant, creepy racist. Oh uh, yeah, it's like, I don't know how you can make it and like have him be as racist as he needs to be. You can't. Because that's the thing, is like... All right, say what you will about his work, or whatever. It doesn't bleed into his work that much. Clearly, yeah, it does in some cases. Yeah, more than you would. But if you want. read like his personal letters that have been oh, published, they're way worse. That's all he talks about. <laughs> <laughs> like to his friends, all he talks about is racist shit. It's like, god damn, man. He would have. He would have been great on Twitter. Like this, this time frame, H.P. Lovecraft, he would never wrote in a fucking short story. 
you would never know him for, as a writer. He'd be one of those fucking weirdos on YouTube or Twitter screaming about shit. He'd be like Jordan Peterson. He'd be way worse than Jordan Peterson. Yeah, that's true. He'd be fucking Alex Jones. Alex, Alex Jones is great. What are you talking <laughs> about? He just says the craziest shit. Craziest shit. Is Alex Jones a racist, you think? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, it's, man, I don't even know. What's the, what does it matter? Are you honestly, you know, if you're doing and saying a bunch of racist shit, does it actually matter whether or not you you are really a racist because you're you doing the shit? Oh, a racist I, does. I guess I'm not that familiar with what Alex Jones says aside from like crazy like vampire Democrats and aliens. oh yeah, I mean so he's not as bad racist as a racist. Shit? Yeah, but he's not as bad as it is. I guess as some of the people, but you know what I mean. He's still. Well, that's the thing is any can seems like any like conspiracy theories always sort of creeps to at least anti-Semitism. And yeah, then usually the, beyond. The Jews are controlling us, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's why it's hard to spend time in any of those spaces. As much as I love, like, reading about, like, oh, secret government and blah, blah, blah. It's always just like, and the Jews did it. <laughs> it's like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what about why? how come people keep trying to kill all the Jews, like, every couple hundred years? It's, well, because. they're controlling everything. <laughs> everyone gets sick of it. Everyone gets sick of it. Hitler was just fed up. He's fed up with these Jews. These minorities in every country. <laughs> yeah, it makes and sense. all the power they have. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, at the beginning of the film, our opening credits, did you notice anything familiar going on? I don't know. Did I? Perhaps. <laughs> I don't think so. What did I miss? Oh, the uh, the theme, the opening music, and it's used throughout the film. It's basically just a copy of the Psycho theme. Oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Yeah, and then also the visualization they do for the credits where it's like a heart diagram and it's all like neon colors and stuff. That's basically from Vertigo. Oh, it's been so long since I've seen Vertigo. I don't remember the opening of that at all. Yeah, but they just fucking... It's crazy that they... Because like, even when it came out, everyone's like, they just stole that from like Hitchcock. <laughs> how did they not get sued? Especially... The theme, the theme especially. Song, yeah. Because all it is is like there's a couple extra like uh, violin stings in it. Otherwise, it's just it's a, psycho. It's a David Bowie Queen versus Vanilla Ice, Vanilla Ice situation. Yeah, see, ours goes dun 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 dun, dun tink. You see, that's, <laughs> how, that's how it's different. <laughs> well, I like how you made um, uh, Vanilla Ice sound really studious. Because <laughs> uh, I have find him to be uh, full of shit. <laughs> you know, he was a motocross champion, right? No, he wasn't. That's just what he said in his stupid autobiography. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I but in he's he's got in that movie Cool as Ice. <laughs> uh, he rides a motorcycle in that. <laughs> a lot of really weird cuts, though, so you don't really see him riding the motorcycle. Though. Hmm. Must be an insurance thing. As well. <laughs> yeah, Bill and I seems like he cares a lot about insurance. <laughs> he can't. He can't stop homeowners insurance, especially. Hollywood productions and their insurance. He didn't have that much clout back then. No one can beat Hollywood and their goddamn insurance. Only Suge Knight. Is he still alive? He's in prison again, right? Yeah. Damn, I'm glad he's off the streets running people over and shit. Shameless. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, uh, this movie's about Herbert West and his never-ending quest to prove that he can reanimate the dead. Sort of. I mean, he reanimates them. It's just like, you know, I'd be angry. <laughs> and he, It seems to be... His theory's correct. Is like, the fresher it is, the easier it is. But yeah, then so they here's still my... end up crazy. Right, here's my thing. I feel like he's really adamant about the 6 to 12 minute barrier being bullshit. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it does he really <laughs> needs to get in that 12, 6 to 12 minute window. You know what I mean? Well, so the whole thing is that the Dr. Hill is like, that's it, 6 to 12 minutes no matter what, fucking brain death for sure. And he's like, fuck that, I'm reanimating people that are days old. They're just crazy as shit. <laughs> so maybe like higher brain function, 6 mm -hmm. to 12 minutes. So well, yeah, they mentioned They're that. They're both right. Like, <laughs> like, oh, well, I mean, it was just operating off instinct. That was, so that giant uh, buff zombie, the first zombie they make, mm -hmm. first human zombie, obviously the cat's the first one. Yeah. That's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's stunt double from that time period. Oh, is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was cut as shit. He looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh-huh. I like when he knocks the door down and squishes uh, the Dean. He jumps on him. The first time I saw this movie at like 11 or 12 or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, it was getting to the point where like there's zombies and stuff. And I was like, oh, is this? it's going to get like intense here, right? And then that happens. And I was like, like yeah, oh, it's intense never mind. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Because <laughs> <laughs> he just knocks the door down and squishes it. I mean, it definitely reminds me of Transformers the movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. The whole thing is just kind of a cartoon. Everything operates off of like cartoon understanding. I feel like, or 
in a more um, erudite sort of concept, it's a farce, right? And it'd be false. This is a farce. Everything is farcical. Everything is a fartsicle. Fartsicle. <laughs> yeah, I'm so smart. I'm brilliant. Oh yeah, there's uh, rumors that there's gonna be a fourth one. Oh man, that's called the House of Reanimator. The House of a Thousand Reanimators. Jeffrey Combs denied it on numerous occasions, however. But it's got a pretty interesting premise. The movie would involve Herbert West moving into the White House and reanimating the deceased vice president. That's about it. um, Is that the origin story for Mike Pence? I think it is. Well, Stuart Gordon has stated that while he did originally intend to create the film, he saw no need for a political satire after the end of the Bush administration. Yeah, I don't know if you're right there, man. <laughs> Who could have known? <laughs> There's always another bottom. Bush did kill a lot more people, though. Yeah, I guess. So far, I mean, Trump could easily get those numbers. He also had, a, at this point, six extra years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows what could happen? Uh, Herbert West, beginning of the film, murders Hans Gruber. He doesn't, though. He, as far as we know. Yeah, well... Well, he, as far as we know, it does seem like he murdered him. Yeah. Again, go but, back to that situation. <laughs> uh, but then, oh no, this is Hans got his head stuck in a jar and he suffocated. <laughs> yeah. I found him like that. I didn't want to leave you guys a note because it'd be really weird. Well, he, well cat dead details later. There's so many good lines. In this yeah, movie. the best is when he decapitates Doctor Hill and he's like, plagiarist. <laughs> That's what makes him angry. <laughs> Which is, I mean, I guess it makes sense. He is just uh, Doctor Hill is just a bum loser who steals other people's work. He's also a psychic though, so He's got that going for him. <laughs> yeah, he kills Hans Gruber or doesn't kill him. I don't know. Finds him dead. Tries to bring him back to life. His eyeballs pop. <laughs> He's like, damn, formula's not ready yet. <laughs> damn, so they this pop eyeballs thing. It's just like uh, uh, Willy Wonka and his bubble gum. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he runs off to Arkham, Massachusetts. Yeah, that's where Arkham comes from. But I mean, Arkham's like a Lovecraft thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's it's Arkham Asylum because of Lovecraft, right? Yeah, because yeah, comic books never have their own ideas. Yeah, that's right. You heard it. <laughs> you heard. You heard me. Fuck you. Nobody has their own ideas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to be like uh, um, inflammatory. Provocateur. Yeah, provocateur. If you listen to this podcast and you like comic books, that's Fuck fine. You. Comic books are alright. Just not the movies. Except for uh, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. That's a good one. Remember when he was like, uh, Do you please? <laughs> uh, yeah, he moves in with Dan Kane. You know you know how it goes. Dan Kane's dating the Dean's daughter. No big deal. They they bang and stuff. And they don't explicitly mention that her dad... Her dad seems to like Dan enough and doesn't seem that bummed out about it, but she's always got to go home. Like, she can't stay over. Yeah, because, you know, Dad's the last Puritan in America. Pretty much. I mean, this is 87. People were on wild in 87, weren't they? Like 85. 85, actually. No, it's 87. It's earlier than 87. 85. 85. For some reason, in my mind, 5 and 7 are, like, I always get them mixed up. Not, you have. Not, like, doing math, but, like, conceptually. Some Lexia. Uh, he needs a roommate, though. They don't really explain why. His roommate dipped out. Who knows? Yeah. You know. And he gets Herbert West. Herbert West is, uh, is a little weird. A little odd. A little maybe nice, but he's a creeper. He's he just determined to do his work. He needs a basement. <laughs> so he got a fucking basement. All right. Yeah, and that's the only thing he's really concerned about. <laughs> you know, uh, red flag number one, let's call it. I'm, <laughs> I, I, yeah, if someone was moving in. I mean, first like, of all. You got a basement? I'm like, first of all. <laughs> we don't have fucking basements on the west coast what are you talking about <laughs> second of all fuck you need a basement for John Wayne Gacy <laughs> except for um, when we lived in the bay area we did have those crawl spaces in the house for that was, and stuff. that was not a basement <laughs> yeah but that was basically what John Wayne Gacy had where he stashed his body oh, so I guess it probably would work Right, you stashing bodies. Yeah, you just bury some kids. You can't do there. experiments down there. You can't if you're really good at squatting. Uh, maybe if you dig. It, I remember that. I couldn't even squat as a child down there. It was like two feet, three feet maybe. <laughs> yeah, you really had to crawl. Remember when the creek flooded? This will probably get cut because <laughs> remember when the creek flooded. And we had like a foot of standing water in our house for like a month. It didn't get into the house, but it was like right out. Yeah, it can't be good for our health, though, right? No. And then, yeah, it's, oh, yeah, the part under the house was flooded. That's what I thought about when I was growing up, when I when I became an adult. Like, there's no way that was good for our health. No, and I was thinking about it as like, it's weird that the space under the house was so narrow. 
Because like there's it flooded there's floods a lot of the time. Yeah, you think they would build more, 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 more stiltage? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that shit was under a house. Soon that's what months. you have to do. Oh well, Grizzly Bay is gonna flood. Grizzly Bay. Yeah, it's soon Grizzly Bay. What about uh, Thunder Bay in Quebec? Thunder Bay. I got thunder down under. In That's my where pants. Celine Dion. Is. <laughs> Celine, Celine Dion. Dillon? Celine Dion. That's the Celine Dion uh, cover band. Uh, we're, uh, it's me, Celine Dion. <laughs> oh, I can't do. It's me, Celine. <laughs> I can't do her dumb French accent, French Canadian accent, <laughs> Quebecois. I thought I could do it, but after hearing yours, I don't think yeah. so anymore. I'm I thought I, I for sure thought I had it in my head, and I was like, oh no, I don't. Who would do anything for me, dog? <laughs> <laughs> I am the best singer. <laughs> I married my husband at 14. <laughs> he was 40. Ah. <laughs> yeah, anyways. Uh, Barbara Crampton is the dean's daughter and is dating Dan. And she's like, mm, her West gives me the creeps. Yeah, the only smart person in this whole entire movie. I guess that doctors probably... Doctors and scientists. That probably would have been... Red flag number two. That would have like, probably been my cue to be like, well... I guess probably not, just because usually, like, in my experience, girlfriends I've had, usually when they're like, mm, I don't like this guy's vibe, it, it usually ends up being an accurate assessment. So I'd probably be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, plus, if your girlfriend's hanging all the time, and why she's would, not comfortable, well, yeah, why, why would you get come? a new roommate she's not comfortable with? Yeah. Quit being a shitty boyfriend. Yeah, just go out there and sell your body on the streets so you can live single, and then you'd be banging all over the apartment. <laughs> Man, you're a doctor. You, there's ways He's to not make a doctor money. yet. He's but you're going to be a doctor. There's ways to make money. Selling, stealing and selling drugs. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, you're right. He doesn't have to sell his body. He can just do regular shit like selling drugs. Everybody sells drugs once in a while. Am I right? <laughs> I've sold drugs before. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever sold drugs. You got to do what you got to do. Sometimes you do it even if you don't have to I was to working it. at a place one time and so, <laughs> someone got fired and then wrote a note, a letter to the boss about how someone was selling drugs. Oh, and the t- <laughs> why did they snitch? Uh, because I don't know. It was really complicated. I have to get in. I'd have to yeah, it. it would take way too long to go into another podcast. I mean, there's no good reason to snitch, anyway. So yeah, I mean, like it was more like a fuck you letter, not like a snitch letter. Mm. And I don't think they actually use names. Oh, that's fine. But uh, <laughs> everyone's here selling drugs, taking drugs. God damn it! And you can fire me, the best employee you ever had. No, he didn't say he was the best employee. Oh. He actually might have referenced me as the best employee in the letter. Oh, I think you remember telling me. Telling yeah, I think that's that actually how the that. thing went. He's like, I got the motherfuckers. Uh, you got supervisors out here selling drugs. Meanwhile, I mean, you got to have a side hustle. I don't begrudge them, except for they're probably the managers. supervisors selling drugs. Yeah, they're twice class. as much as I was. Yeah, managerial class. Those fucking assholes. I mean, they're still working class folks, too, though, but they usually fucking suck. Yeah, they almost always fucking suck. Yeah. Because you can't become a manager without kissing the right kinds of ass and talking the right kinds of ass kissing. Yeah, you just got to talk shit about everyone else and be, um, in my experience, be a white male between the ages of 25 and 40. I was a white male between 25 and 40. Couldn't be me, man. Yeah, I just, uh, but yeah, you got to kowtow a lot. You know? I, have, I have a real problem with authority. You gotta not, like, try, like, for some reason they wouldn't promote me after I tried to get people to unionize. (laughs) Jeez. Herbert has got to get these zombies, man. He fucking needs to work on the zombie serum. Uh, He tries out on the cat, as we talked about. The cat dies, like, three times. (laughs) Yeah, it has a rough time. Mm -hmm. Not nine times, though, so... Yeah, so technically, you come back, he's still got some he's extra got lives. Six, six to go. As far as mythology goes, where do you think the origin of that comes from? Cats falling from impossible heights and surviving. Oh, yeah. yeah. Egypt, they were like, whoa, shit. These guys rule. Uh, that, Dan's kind of on kind of on board, but it's mostly um, Barbara Crampton's character. I can't remember her name. It's because I'm always like, oh, Barbara Crampton. Yeah, I don't remember her name now. Um, she said Barbara Crampton too many times. I think it's Meg. That sounds right. I think it's Megan, yeah. Megan and Meg. It's mostly because she walks in and tells her dad. And uh, now Herbert West and Dan are both fucked. (laughs) He's like, all right, pulling your... He says something about, like, taking away his student loan. And uh, he's like, well, I won't be able to go to school. Can you get student loans directly from the university? I don't know how it works in in 85. Because I was like, I mean, I don't know if the dean can do anything about that. I think he's already got the money. 
They just kick him out of school, though, you know? Right, I think it Well, I mean, the way the student loans go is it goes through the university itself, so I imagine the university could, you know, revoke it, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, universities are just to launder privilege anyways. You heard it here first, folks. I think you've said it before, but... Oh, you heard it here for the sixth time, probably, <laughs> folks. <laughs> yeah, so there, the, the school's done, though. So, uh, he can't... Dan can't afford to go, and Herbert, I think, is just straight up kicked out. Like, <laughs> yeah, Herbert got kicked out, and Dan... Well, Dan still can go. He's like... Uh, he's he's, like, he's basically warning him yeah. that, you know, you gotta stay from this Herbert and stop fucking around, or uh, there's gonna be some consequences, Dan. Yeah, because Herbert already soured his relationship with Dr. Hill. Breaking, <laughs> yeah, like, day one. <laughs> breaking pencils on him. Like... Stupid bitch, snap! You can animate living tissue forever. You stupid bitch, snap, snap! And even before that, when he just randomly met him, he was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, you just copied all your work from Doctor Gruber, you stupid bitch." <laughs> He's like, "If only you'd copy more from Gruber, then you'd actually have some ideas, you stupid bitch." Oh, bitch! Uh, it's funny because Herbert West is such a little guy. <laughs> He's so intense. I guess that's not funny. That's the stereotypes that he would be diminutive. But it, honestly, Dr. Hill probably just like, shut up, little guy. I will enjoy <laughs> filing you this semester. Yeah, he just knocked him down. <laughs> uh, so since there, they got nothing to lose now. They break into the morgue and reanimate Arnold Schwarzenegger's body, though. <laughs> I like that. As you do. The, the pacing of this movie is really good. I really like how it's written and paced out because it's like, all right. We got like 15, 20 minutes. We're going to introduce all the characters, make sure you understand all the relationships, what's going on, who we got here. And then, all right, now it's just going to be fun. <laughs> I, I will say, I think it needs like 10 or 15 more minutes in the, in the first act. Oh, well, I'll say, you're wrong. I'm right. And you're wrong. <laughs> ah, shit. We've come to an impasse. <laughs> this is the end of the podcast. Um, So, Arnold Schwarzenegger's body double runs around. He's big and buff, so he's just tossing everyone everywhere. Crushing he, people. As he would. You know how it squishing goes. Squishing them under doors. The dean, Barbara's dad. Bursts in. Well, he comes in, he's banging on the door of the lockup, the freezer for the bodies, and the uh, buff zombie just knocks it down and squishes him. And then he throws him so hard into the wall, it kills him. I guess. Because like, that's pretty much it's that. It's like, reminiscent of what happens to the cat. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Attempt to save the Dean's life, or at least just stop the zombie Herbert West. He's the, like, I'm going to bone song through the chest. Yeah, bone saw through his I heart. honestly thought he was going to try to sever, the, sever like the, the spine at the base of the neck so that he wouldn't... Brain wouldn't send signals. Yeah, the brain wouldn't send signals, but instead he's like, nah, I'm just going to... I'm going to alien him. Oh, yeah, I think maybe it probably is a more easy, more practical gore effect. You know yeah, I mean? I'm, I'm 100%. It's just gorier. Yeah, it just looks cool. It's his whole hand comes through, and he's got jelly all over it. Yeah, this movie's uh, quite. It's got a bit of gore. It's gruesome, I guess, but it's because it is such a farce, and also it's like an '80s movie. It's just kind of like fun and cute. Like even when there's the, one part that's not really as fun or cute. Well, we're getting <laughs> to it. Um, but like even the the mutilated cat puppet. Yeah, that part. Like, is it's fun. like hey, this is cute. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like. I mean, I wouldn't say cute necessarily, but there's a certain amount of... Uh, there's like a quaint novelty yeah, to it. Yeah, novelty. Like, ah, interesting. <laughs> Not like the uh, creepy death rattle zombie in um, Return of the Living Dead. or yeah. Tarman? No, the one that's on the table. Oh, the... yeah, that one's spooky. Tarman's cute, though. Yeah, Tarman's kind of cute. Uh, so they reanimate the Dean. Um, he just seems really stressed out to be alive again. and kind of doesn't know what's going on. Even though he's a fresh corpse. Yeah. I, mean, I just probably, I don't think it works exactly how you want it to. <laughs> kind of like Pet Cemetery. Uh, one, this is, we'll have to get cut too. I'm just asking you because you know about Stephen King. But when was Pet Cemetery written? I want to say it was 81 or 82. I so like before this, yeah. So pretty, is the turnaround from it being written to becoming a movie was pretty quick. Yeah. I know that happens with Stephen King a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, this is like, Stephen King has, like, a renaissance lately, but there was, like, you know, we got early King, he'd, like, write a novel, and six months later, it'd be a fucking movie. Yeah, like the 80s up until the 90s. Yeah. The reason I ask is because American Werewolf in London came out in 1980, mm -hmm. and, you know, a big part of that movie is his friend gets murdered, but then he comes back as a 
creepy gross ghosts gross ghosts gross ghosts like just use that for comedic relief really because because where is that's like American a Hanna-Barbera character that didn't take off well, gross ghosts <laughs> Uh, oh, it's me, the gross ghost. Well, he would always, uh, in my imagination, the gross ghost would like burp, and there'd be a cartoon cloud of burp that would manifest into the gross ghost, <laughs> and he'd be like, "Hey guys," and they'd be like, "Oh damn, it's the gross ghost." But um, so American Wolf in London is also kind of like a comedy. It's also kind of cartoony, as like horrific as it is, and it's just a lot of fun. And in that movie, he's got, like, his pal, ghosty friend, who's just, like, clowning on him, but kind of helping him out. And then in Pet Cemetery, that ghost kid comes back to help the main character. And he's like, hmm, did Stephen King, in his cocaine-addled mind, steal that? <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm gonna send him a tweet about it. <laughs> Stephen King, you steal the shit. You son of a bitch. You see, the other day, he had his Halloween shirt on. Stephen King? Yeah. I didn't see it. He had like one of those all over print pumpkin t-shirts and his daughter got for him or something. And then there's people like, they're supposed to know about it. It's so I, weird. I mean, it's like, I get it because it's like, he's, King? he's like horror hero. Like, I don't think people are like, oh, I'm so sexually attracted to him. Not yeah, so I'm sexually sense. attracted to his brain. Yeah, but it is like, oh yeah, that's that's like horror daddy. I get it. Someday I'll be horror daddy. You gotta start writing more short stories. I should dream. I'm this Donner Party movie, movie we're writing, or about to, we're eventually gonna write. That's it. That's a big damn. We do have two horror movies in our. They're gonna be like, damn, kids. Uh, I thought he was just a punk rock himbo, but it turns out he's horror daddy. <laughs> That's what they'll say about me. He's a real renaissance man. I could do it all: lift weights, cry myself to sleep, <laughs> drink too much and embarrass myself. But that's in the past. <laughs> But I can do it again if I needed to. <laughs> I can do it again if I wanted to. <laughs> Write screenplay, not know how to sell it. <laughs> Have a podcast, not know how to get listeners. Fucking, I'm a real renaissance man. I'm fucking, this is, 2020 is going to be my fucking year. I feel it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a lot of things that don't that are successful. Mm. Date watch. Can't get a date. <clears throat> I mean, if you want to be honest, like Sean McDonald, 35 years of things not he's not succeeded at. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, um, I just, <laughs> as awful as it is, it's always like, you read about serial killers, and it's like, he was in his 30s, he was reclusive, a loner, no friends, no lover, he had a really a strong relationship with his mother, sometimes positive, sometimes negative, <laughs> positive in my case, and then it's like, and then he decided to kill, and I'm like, oh, am I going to be a serial killer? <laughs> but you're safe, because you have wife and kids, there's only... BTK, um, the East Area Rapist, uh, uh, John Wayne Gacy. He didn't have a, a wife and children, did he? He had a wife. Uh, Not children, though. No, no children. Well, yeah, if you have children, you don't have time to be serial killer. <laughs> BTK did, man. That's what I mean. Is You just wait till them to get, like, around high school age. Then oh, yeah, when they move out of the house and I'm an empty nester, then you guys gotta watch out. Then it's time for murdering. Yeah, so you got a little bit of a safety net before you become a serial killer. I'm, I'm all right there on the edge. <laughs> that's like a new kind of incel like a new that's a new permutation of incel I think like I'm obviously not incel because uh, I have plenty of sex but it's like uh, I fucking need a wife right now or otherwise I'll be a suka <laughs> and it's society's fault god damn it except for I'm willing to admit it's like all my fault <laughs> so I guess maybe that's just existential dread Oh, I still got that even though I've Yeah, the timeless existential dread. What are, the real white guy is suffering podcast this is. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on you. I don't identify as Anglo. Is that the only kind of white is Anglo? That's the the worst kind of white. <laughs> and honestly, for a long time, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Like yeah. the Italians. When they, when they met Irish. white, they met white. Like white, white. I mean, they still consider the Scottish white usually. Yeah, but like not probably not the Highland Scots, right? <laughs> Does anybody consider the Highland Scots anything? Yeah, they're the ones that are want to leave England still or leave Great Britain, I assume. Anyhow, all that 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 nonsense aside, that cry for help, <laughs> then no one's gonna pay. <laughs> Let's get back to the weird, the weirdness, the high strangeness. Of you shouldn't make as many jokes when you cry for help. <laughs> that's just my coping mechanism <laughs> jokes jokes and jokes and jokes they are just jokes so I'm actually a strong loving kind leader 
That's how you should join my cult. Yes. <laughs> Got him. Tricked him. <laughs> the old swindle. Um. <laughs> yeah. So they decide to turn Z D into a zombie. When they get caught, though, they they like I don't know. He just went crazy for some reason. <laughs> he bursts in here and he started throwing that big guy around somehow. <laughs> Bart, that's, that's like, cr- <laughs> what? Dan, what the fuck? Dan's like such a pushover. Like Herbert West, like. Does he have mind control power? <laughs> yeah. He got Dan in his pocket so quick. Was, he's like, yeah, Dan, I killed your cat and reanimated it. Hey, you're going to be my assistant now because you're so good at it. Yeah, he's like, all right. We're, we're, we're going to break into the university lab and reanimate this guy. Oh, also, the dean went crazy. I know he's like your girlfriend's uh, father, but, you know. Just lie to her. <laughs> just lie to her. Just lie to her, no problem. Who cares? Who cares about other people? Yeah, I guess he is kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's just a wild man. Uh, he just, uh, he's just such a good character, though. <laughs> I guess probably just because Jeffrey Cohn is like how he portrays him. Because it's like everything about him is so extreme and over the top, but like you can tell the actor is like taking it seriously just enough to like pull it back from being complete like parody of itself. Dr. Hill performs a lobotomy on the Dean and realizes he was already dead. And so he confronts Herbert back at the basement. And yeah, this is one of the scenes where he's clearly using mind control. On Herbert West to give him his notes. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, so, uh, if you didn't know about the mind control thing, you would probably just be like, I guess he's really intimidating? Yeah, that When I was watching it, before you told me there was a mind control plot that got cut, I'm like, man, there's something here that I don't mm. get. <laughs> well, it's like kind of escalates at this point, too, because he's about to mind control the Dean, right, when he's locked up in mm-hmm. the padded room. He's like, he does mind control me. Yeah. And then he also mind controls all the zombies. Right. Later on. So. But the mind control shit doesn't really come up at all until the third act. So it seems like they cut most of that before. Yeah. So, um, hold on. I have it uh, noted down here. Uh, so there was originally a subplot that revealed that Dr. Hill had the ability to control minds. It was cut from the film for timing reasons, but evidence can still be seen in the story. He's seen performing this skill on both Megan and Herbert and is the reason he is able to control all of the zombies in the film's climax. When does he use it on Megan? I don't know. Would to mm. get him, her to sign the paperwork, maybe? Oh yeah, I guess that could be it. But it's not. It's not as explicit as with Herbert. Yeah, or with the dean or the zombies mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, so yeah, he's a fucking goddamn plagiarist. He's stealing Herbert's work. Herbert can't stand for it. Smacko, get some of the shovel. <laughs> Cuts his head off. Yeah, and um, the first time I saw this movie, uh, you know, there's a lot of shots where. He's stabbing him with the shovel, and you see the blood squirting out. And I was like, oh, I guess they're not really going to show the decapitation. But then cut to the scene, and the <laughs> shovel's like halfway through him. Yeah. And he's like, Aah! And then, yeah, there's that really good shot, too, where the camera's pulled back a little bit behind Herbert, and he does one more thrust, and you see the, the head pops. roll up. Some good shit, Stuart. Herbert's like, oh, I've never done the parts before. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, fucking, I'll give it a shot, right? <laughs> Even though this is like his moral enemy. He's like, well, I'll just reanimate him. Hasn't been any problems with these zombies before. I better reanimate <laughs> my, my mortal, mortal enemy. enemy. <laughs> For being like uh, mostly a theater guy, Stuart Gordon, I think he directs really well. Even Roger Ebert liked this movie. Can you believe it? Roger Ebert, a man that doesn't like schlock. Robert, e- Robert, you like schlock occasionally. Roger Ebert didn't know what he liked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he reanimates Dr. Hill. Uh, and he, Dr. Hill's body also gets reanimated and it beats Herbert West. Yes. And if for some reason, instead of killing Herbert West, it just smashes the head into the table. Like, why wouldn't he just kill him right there? Well, no, no time. No time to kill. He's like, I got to get all these notes and things. Together. He's got plenty of time to kill. I'm sorry, he's, but time. he's all dried out in his pan and he's blood for his head. <laughs> he's like, hurry, I just need neck blood. His pan's too dry. Uh, yeah. And then he goes, uh, he, he Sneaks into the morgue with like a dummy, like a medical dummy's head on, which looks terrifying as fuck. Anyway, <laughs> like I don't know why he even bothers. <laughs> I like when the ear falls off. Also, we're supposed to assume that the security guard's about to go masturbate, right? Yeah, because he's, he's he's like, like it's quitting time or break time. He's reading boudoir, and then he's like, looks like it's break time. Um, so we don't know exactly what Doctor Hill's up to, but he does mind control the dean to go grab. Barbara Crampton, Megan, bring him, bring her to him. And there's he's got some psychic confession. I forget what Kane says. Uh, I don't know. There's a scene early on in the film that you can see Dr. Hill has like some weird. 
Yeah, possessive obsession with Megan like when when they're having dinner, uh, when they're having dinner and mm-hmm. old Kane comes to Dean Kane. Yeah, <laughs> comes to pick her up and he's like, "Why don't you stay and study?" You're letting her, your daughter, see Kane. That she must be filthy now. Ugh. Yeah, and then uh, we see he's lobotomizing all the corpses for some reason. I guess he's probably injecting the reagent into him. Yeah, I assume he's ever. I guess he finds them easier to control and then a little bottom eyes would be my guess. Oh, that would make sense. That makes plenty of sense. Because yeah, I was like, why, why do you lobotomize them and reanimate them? But yeah, if they're lobotomized, then they like for sure don't, they have very little brain function. That's what fucking Herbert West should have done, been doing the entire time. Then he'd have zombie slaves. Like, uh, <laughs> well, I don't think Herbert West was going for zombie slaves. He's oh. just like, ah. Herbert West, that's how I picture him. He's like, I don't want them zombie slaves. I just want them reanimate things. Yeah, he just... I that's just, why he's like, when he kills Doctor, he's like, I'll fucking reanimate him. <laughs> I'll bring him back to life, no problem. I just love bringing things back to life. Doctor Hill, he's like, you know what? I'm going to finish what Jeffrey Dahmer started. <laughs> Here's the deal. Movie gets pretty weird for a second. One uh, of the grossest sexual assaults ever put on film. Yep, uh, so... Like I said previously about body double and psychosexual here's stuff. The, here's where the farce kind of dies away for a second. Actually, I think it's um still fits in with the tone of the movie and doesn't really bring you out of the movie at all. And they push it right to the limit as far as my personal tastes go. Yeah. Uh, because I it's not... The thing is, showing something isn't condoning something, which is a lot of people That's true. need to keep in mind about films a lot. And they're basically just showcasing how depraved Hill is in general. But he basically rapes Barbara as a head. As a head. So, um, I guess an argument could be made like, oh, it, well, it sucks for Barbara Crampton that she had to film that. However, Barbara Crampton was not the first actor cast as Megan. First actress didn't want to do it because of those scenes. And Barbara Crampton said, fuck it, I'll do it. It's really as creepy as it needs to be. You know what I mean? They yeah, it doesn't really push on, it right to the limit. It doesn't go. It doesn't go on too long. It's short. Mm-hmm. That's the. That's the important. Thing. That's the important part. It's I think two of this. It's not. Yeah, I have a problem with like Death Wish two. Uh, you remember the? There's another thing about it too. <laughs> and yeah, Death Wish two. You bring up where they have rape in it just so they can have nudity and shit. Like there's no thought put into it. There's like. Yeah, and then a rape happens so we can have boobs or whatever. Yeah, and then it goes on forever. Yeah, and <laughs> this film, it serves the story. It serves the character. It is, like, shitty that Barbara Crampton is basically a damsel in distress the whole movie. But it's not the same as the other exploitation movies where it's just so there can be nudity and stuff. There's a, there's a purpose to it in the film. And, yeah, I mean, there's a part where his body's holding his head and he's about to go down on her inches away. Ugh. And uh, that's luckily Herbert West. Walks in. <laughs> Herbert West, once again, proving he's not like the pillar of moral authority. He doesn't seem to care about all the rape stuff. <laughs> he doesn't even, doesn't even acknowledge it. Yeah, he <laughs> doesn't just, register with him at all. Yeah, he's just kind of like, sup, dumb, plagiarist piece of shit. <laughs> of course, Dan's like, oh, I got it for you. And uh, this is when Hill's like... Uh, my master plan. I'm gonna just all these. All hell Yeah, what's loose. his end goal here? I don't know. Everyone will become zombies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what he's gonna do. As like a headless man. There's even that line from Herbert West. Is like, who's gonna trust the talking head? Go join a sideshow. <laughs> Which is true. Like, what's how? What? How are you gonna go operate in society now? <laughs> Why did he put his head back on his own body? I don't know. Well, he could like stitch it back on or something. You yeah, I mean, like, a, he obviously doesn't need the part or the parts to be connected very well. He just needs a body to carry him around. So why yeah. not just stitch that head back on any which way? I don't know. He didn't have time. He had to. He really wanted to get that rape in. <laughs> like it kind of seems like that was his ultimate goal. Goal. Like that's the whole thing is his character is completely just ego and like yeah. man- maniacal everything for me. He's a real sort of Donald Trump type figure. If you can believe it. <laughs> if you can somehow make He's that. Too smart for that. Yeah, he does know how to do a lot of me. They do a lot of good practical effects with the, the head stuff, like mm-hmm. using perspective. Yeah, I like that a lot. Do you like when they show his body holding the head, though, and it's talking? It's cr- and why is his body so wide? <laughs> yeah, it's clearly... <laughs> He's just in, like, a tire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, that was the one time I'm like, nah, this isn't working. Guys. Otherwise, yeah. It, Otherwise, it would be a good really job. Good. But actually, I like that one... In comparison to all the other ones, just for the comedic value, where it's just like, ah, oh, they did what they could do, I guess. 
There's a, like four or five shots of it, and it's like, oh, you were that confident, in it, huh? <laughs> I would have like maybe snuck it in like one time. Yeah, but that's about it. But now they're willing to go for it. The thing to me too is I feel like you could do that by just building like a dummy person. Well, that's really no floor. Yeah, yeah, but he has to like where you have to like disguise his body somewhere. You know? Yeah, I know. But I'm that's just, the whole thing. Is like, where is where do you put his his upper body at? So people don't see it. It's like, I don't know. The, his body's wearing a dress now. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he's got a shelf in there. <laughs> Herbert West, he defeats him just by injecting him with more of the reagent, but it just mutates him into some eldritch horror. Because oh, his chest opens up into yeah, it's like real great beyond. John Carpenter's the thing situation. Yeah, a tentacle comes out, but there's like. There's, like, empty vastness of space within the chasm that it's just used to be. But I can't explain any more detail because it was just too horrific to look at. It was too <laughs> You wouldn't even be able to handle You wouldn't even be able to fathom how spooky this <laughs> shit was. Written by H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, that's the end of the film, though. No, just take kidding. My, take my notes. Barbara gets tricked <laughs> to death. Yeah, you heard what's like, fuck it, take my notes. All I care about is... The more people reanimating the dead. That's all I care about. <laughs> this went so well, someone else should continue my work. <laughs> yeah. So presumably Herbert West sucked into the abyss, the great beyond. I've never seen the sequels. I'm curious how they address that. Or do they, they even... They're, they're just kind of like... He's alive. He escaped. <laughs> what the fuck you mean, man? You got that tentacle off, got out of there. <laughs> yeah, you think uh, Barbara and Kane are going to... Dan Kane be alright? No, she gets choked out by a zombie. Uh, and then Tamir, the first scene he's introduced in the movie, he's not willing to give up on chest compressions, and he's not willing to give up in general, so he injects with the reagent, and then a scream, and a movie. I assume her eyes exploded. And then, it, well, what happened is, uh, they're like, no, don't play that not-so-legally-distinct psycho music again, but then they did. <laughs> and she was like, ah, lawsuit! <laughs> No one was just paying attention at the time, I guess. The Hitchcock estate was like, fuck it. Yeah, we don't care. We got enough money. Go out there and make your zombie films. So what do you think? One of the greatest horror films of all time? A lot of people, in a lot of people's opinion. I don't know about that, but there's a lot of cool effects and shit. It's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. I actually like From Beyond significantly more than Reanimator. Mm-hmm. But Reanimator is a lot of fun. And I always kind of watch it around Halloween, so may as well get it in. You know, do it for pleasure and for business. <laughs> business. I'm making so many fucking business dollars off of this podcast. <laughs> oh, man, we got so many podcast dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm rolling in them Scrooge McDuck style. Yeah, that's Reanimator. It's a good fucking movie, though. It's very fun, very enjoyable. Acting's good. Practical effects are good. Story is simple. Obviously, there is sexual assault in the film. I do think it's handled tastefully, and it's not grotesque. I mean, it's grotesque in the same. I mean, the only thing I'll say is that the, I don't know. I don't know that it completely fits the tone of the the film. Like to to have a a farce in the kind of a comedic horror movie, and then to have something that is, you know, certainly past the line of creepy. What's well, uh, absurdist is the, the the way it's presented, right? Because he's just right ahead. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have a problem with it, but I'm just bringing it up because it. I'm just warning people. It's in yeah, there. it's perfectly fine to my personal taste as far as films go. But just bringing it up in case you want to watch it and that sort of thing is likely to bother you. I guess maybe just skip this one <laughs> and then watch From Beyond instead. Barbara Crampton's in that one. She's the star. Uh, she's very. Um, she does. There are some like nude scenes in it. That's Barbara Crampton. So but, expect but she is, like, not a victim or a damsel in distress in that one. So, that might be more up your alley. So to speak. Is that a sexual innuendo up my alley, Kyle? Up your alley. Talking about the butthole. Prostate? No, thank you. I'm all about the prostate. <laughs> Thumbs up. Yeah, uh, next week we will be watching... Um... <gasps> Let me check. I I gotta check. You're listening. No, I I think I know what it is, but I gotta check to confirm. It's gonna be pretty exciting. I'm not excited at all. 
Oh, I, th- I think I think he will be. I don't think so. I think uh, it's stupid. I hate I it already. Know. I think it's a pretty good one. If if I remember correctly, I think it's a pretty good movie. Think we're gonna have to jump. Oh shit! Oh shit! It's City of the Living Dead. The whole city of them. That's right, See a Living Dead. It's directed by Lucio... Lucio Fulci. It's the first of his Gates of Hell trilogy. The other two will not be watched this year around Halloween, but we'll definitely watch them eventually, because they're all pretty good. I like this one the most, though. It's got the spookiest vibe to it. Spooky vibe? Yeah, you know, it's going to be lots of very colorfully lit... Um, Contrast scenes, uh, like a real art house feel to it. It is an Italian movie. Spooky synth stuff, probably a, a, a goblin type soundtrack, but I don't think it's actually goblin, so it'll be a knockoff of goblin. And just crazy gore effects, because <laughs> this is an Italian horror movie. A buscata monde! The spaghetti and meatball! Yeah, that's what I'm having for dinner tonight. Spaghetti and meatballs. Oh, spaghetti and meatballs! I already ate spaghetti this week. Yo, it's spaghetti. Yeah, I might eat some more. I got leftovers. Oh, leftover spaghetti. All right, that's VHS Cult. Join the cult. Be a member of my cult. Moveventureproductions.com. <laughs> At Sean McDonald. Let them. Instagram, Twitter. Give us money. Whatever. Fuck it. Yeah, just go to that website, Moveventureproductions.com. Plant your seed. Podcast. See how your seed grows into the podcast and the cult. Eventually, we will have a compound. You will not have to wear anything but nightgowns. I mean, you can wear what you want. I don't want to be too strict about it, but I mean, no, like, we're not following. Got a black sweat pants and a red <coughs> sweatshirt with my face on it. No, that sounds terrible. Look. My face from elementary school. Nope, I disagree. You're you're wearing tracksuit geese like showed up. <laughs> <laughs> I, that might be all right. Yeah, I'm, and, uh, that's my goal. I'm gonna wear a legion. That'll just be the import. That'll be the uh, secret. Place I'm gonna wear uh, Legion of Doom slash Road Warriors shoulder pads. <laughs> but I want to do the LOD 2000 era ones where the spikes were just fucking enormous. <laughs> you, instead of taking out Dusty Rhodes' eye, you'll take out his entire brainstem. That's right. <laughs> but no one challenged me. I'm the bearer of the spikes. That's kind of that's kind of what the ladies call me now, anyway. The bearer of the spikes? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was... Remember that VHS, VHS cult uh, date watch update. You need to be calling Kyle the bearer of the spikes. Yeah, <laughs> day watch update twenty. Got these twenty four inch pythons, brother. Brother, I twenty four inches is a lot. I don't think that's my, two feet. <laughs> yeah, my biceps aren't twenty four inches around. They're pretty big though. VHS cult. Um. Bye. <laughs>